you guys. Welcome back to another episode. It's Kier here. I'm coming at you with a solo episode today. I'm going to be talking all about my HA recovery and experience. Um, HA stands for hypothalamic amenorrhea, which is a mouthful, so I will continue to call it HA from now on. Um, This story is a long one, so hold on tight, grab a snack, um, and enjoy the ride because... It was definitely a ride for me. Quite honestly, it was more like a roller coaster, but we'll get into that. So first things first, um, I guess I'll start off this story by telling you about amenorrhea. Um, I had amenorrhea, which is a lack of a cycle. I was not getting my period for over three years. And I say over three years because I'm not quite really sure how to... um, really kind of give the the time frame here um and you'll see in a second or you'll hear in a second why that is um but anyway so in July of 2019 I had gone to the gynecologist I went to a new new doctor and I had told her that I wasn't getting a cycle I had not been getting a cycle for over three years and all the other doctors that I had been to had told me the same thing which was It's just because you're an active and healthy female. And my response to that was, shouldn't a active and healthy female have her cycle? Like, it just didn't make sense to me. So I wanted some more answers and um, I went to this doctor and she sent me for blood work and she also sent me for a sonogram. And um, the sonogram went fine. I had no cysts, so it wasn't PCOS. And then um, the blood work came back and I found out that I had very low estrogen and very low progesterone, but all my other levels were fine. And so she kind of gave me the same answer as, which was, um, you know, it's just because you're an active female with low body fat. But at the time I didn't have like extreme levels of body fat. I was sitting maybe around 17% body fat, which is like athletic and it is a little bit on the lower side for a female, but it wasn't like terribly low. So I was like, no, like I, I think something else is wrong. And I was really frustrated with getting the same old response. Um, so with that, I started doing more research. Mind you, I had done plenty of research, before even going in over the years um, because I hadn't been getting it for so long. And so I just dove in, I did more, and I started listening to a podcast um, where this CrossFit competitor or ex-CrossFit competitor was talking about her story with amenorrhea and how um, she wasn't getting a cycle and she was feeling fatigued and her strength was plummeting and all these things. And I just related to her so much that I was like, okay, I need to either talk to her or find out like what it is that she had or, you know, like really kind of just dive into her story a little bit more because that sounds exactly like me. So I did that and um, I got the book that she recommended, which was No Period, Now What by Nicola Rinaldi. And I started reading this book. Mind you, it was a textbook. I got it in the mail. I was like, holy shit, this is huge. Like, it took me over a week to read it. And I was like, nose in the book all day long. But it was a really big book. And I'm glad it was so big because it was actually filled with a lot of uh, testimonials 
and things from other women who followed the same approach, who had the same challenges, who had like, who did the, the, the same protocol that I was about to do and all of their experiences and all of their testimonials and things like that. It was just really easy to connect to. Um, and so it made me feel like I was in really good hands and I was doing the right thing. Um, had it not been for all those testimonials, I think I might have been a little bit more resistant and hesitant to move forward and go all in. And I'll explain to you what all in is in a second. But it was reading this book that I realized that um, the reason I had HA in the first place. So I was active all of my life. I grew up playing soccer and softball for as long as I can remember. Um, I started running track in high school and it was the high school and college years that I was really just unhappy with my body. Like, even though I was so athletic, I didn't really feel like I looked athletic. Um, I just kind of felt fluffy all around. And it wasn't until after college that I got into the bikini competing, competitor sport, um, the bodybuilding sport, I guess I'm trying to say. Um, and so I hired a coach and he was a great coach to tell you the truth. Um, unfortunately things probably could have been better. Um, but maybe at the time he and I both didn't know. I know I didn't know for sure, but, um, I dieted down for 13 weeks and I lost over 25 pounds, which is a lot for someone of my height. I'm only five feet tall. So, um, 25 pounds is in 13 weeks, that's, that's, you know, over two pounds a week, um, which is a significant loss. And so I think what had happened was my body was just so scared and stressed out from that extreme amount of weight loss in a really short time that, um, it was just like, oh my God, like I'm not safe. And so that is why I lost my period. Now, I was on the birth control pill throughout this time. So when I lost my period the first time, um, like the first couple months, I wasn't really thinking much of it. I was so focused on competing that I didn't quite care. Um, it was, it's kind of really sick, but in the bodybuilding world, when you lose your period, it's kind of like this little thing that means that you made it because you're you don't have enough body fat to produce a period kind of thing like that's kind of it's really sick mentality but it's kind of like oh ding like you made it you're good um but so when I lost it like it wasn't that I was happy that I lost it but at the same time it wasn't like I cared it was like okay cool I don't have to worry about tampons I don't have to worry about being cranky in the middle of the month I can just keep on prepping and competing and doing my thing and yeah I'm at low body fat so this is great this is where I need to be for my competition really really sick I know but um that's kind of what that sport is like like you have these blinders on it you don't care about anything else but stepping on stage and um anyway so I was on birth control and because I was on birth control about six months later, I actually regained my cycle, but it wasn't a natural cycle. So now that I'm looking back on, you know, my experience and with the knowledge that I now have, I know that that period that I got was because of the synthetic hormones 
from the birth control that I was on. It wasn't my natural cycle. So um, throughout the four years that I competed, I probably got my cycle a handful of times, but it was never consistent. It was kind of really scattered and it wasn't like a full bleed. It was a lot of spotting and just kind of randomness. Um, And so I say that I lost my cycle for over three years because I'm not really quite sure where the definite like part is. Um, but if we're talking as a whole, then it was well over five years, which is really scary to think about knowing what I know now. Anyway, so, um, it wasn't until I stopped competing that I got off the birth control. Like I, I did my last competition in May of 2017. And at the same time, I was like, I'm not taking this birth control anymore because one, I'm not getting a cycle. So I don't think I need it. And two, at the time I was with, um, my boyfriend at the time, he is now my ex-boyfriend, but, um, we were together and I was at that point in my life where I was like, well, I'm going to hang up my competition heels and focus on this relationship and focus on maybe possibly having a family one day. So that's kind of where I was at mentally. And so I stopped taking the birth control and I wanted to regain my cycle. And after a couple months of it not coming back, that's when I first dove into some research and started looking for answers. And I found that most women who come off the birth control actually have a really, really, really hard time regaining their cycle. Um, and it takes a couple months. And so there I was like, oh, okay, I'll just give it more time. So after like eight months or so, that was when I was like, wait, um, okay, this isn't right. And I was almost too afraid to tell to talk to my doctor about it because I didn't want, I didn't want to have to like pay for more tests and, and all that. So I was really kind of secretive about it. I didn't tell a whole lot of people. Um, I thought something was wrong with me and all of these things. So, um, I kept just kind of doing research secretly on the side and, um, over time I just found more and more things like, things to supplement with, like the Vitex Berry, um, and just B12, like all the things that we're a little bit deficient on and, and things like that. So I started doing natural supplements, but that didn't quite help. And that's what eventually led me to go to the doctor in July. And so that is kind of like full spectrum of the, the backstory of where my HA is coming from. Um, so HA, hypothalamic amenorrhea, like I said, it's a mouthful, um, is when your hypothalamus, which is in your brain, stops communicating to your ovaries to release an egg. So the reason I wasn't getting a period was because I wasn't ovulating because my body didn't feel safe enough to produce a child or to support a child. So, um, most people think that amenorrhea means that there's a problem with the uterus and there's a problem with the ovaries. 
But in this case, there was actually a problem in the hypothalamus. And that is why my gynecologist couldn't quite tell me what was going on. Like her thing was, oh, it's got to be PCOS because amenorrhea from the uterus is like automatically labeled as PCOS. But because I didn't have cysts or didn't have any of the other symptoms, we ruled that out and she had no answers for me. Um, But it was really more of like a brain thing. And so... Um, because it is that my body didn't feel safe to produce a child, the recovery protocol for HA is to make my body feel safe. Now, luckily, um, to do that, it's actually a very natural, uh, protocol or natural strategy, which is to eat more and train less because HA is a product of overtraining and undereating. That is basically why my body was feeling stressed out because I did all those competitions. Um, I was training really hard. I was dieting all the time. Um, so my body wasn't getting the nutrients it needed. It wasn't getting the rest it needed. So it just didn't feel safe. Okay. So um, easy enough. The the recovery process is eat more and train less. Um, so that aspect of the recovery was actually very easy to do for me. Um, giving myself permission to eat more and train less, super easy. Um, it was more of the mental piece that I couldn't quite get a grip on. I felt like I did. And then I felt like I didn't like it was a roller coaster of a ride. Um, some days were really good. Some days were awful. Um, but I do want to kind of just point out here that when I started reading the book, no period now, what, um, there's kind of these ties from HA to eating disorders or orthorexia and um, they're very, very closely, like there, there's, there's a, just a fine line between the two, right? Between taking it too far or just like not being aware. And so as I was reading, I was questioning myself. I was like, do I have an eating disorder? Do I have orthorexia? Like all of these things. And I, it was really, really hard for me to process because I am in the health and wellness industry. Like, this is my career. I'm a nutrition coach. I'm a trainer. Like, I teach people these things. So if I have an eating disorder, this is what was going through my mind. If I have an eating disorder, who am I to tell these people how to do whatever they need to do? And that means I'm out of a career. And that means, like, what do, who am I? What is my worth? And so All of these things were arising and I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, maybe if I like, if I wasn't in this industry, would this be so bad? Like, I don't know. It was so hard for me to, to process. And so I started talking to my friends and my boyfriend and my family. And I was like, guys, like, do you think I have an eating disorder? Like, I don't think I do, but this is kind of where the book is leading, like, not necessarily leading, but it, it's making me think, and I'm, I'm not really sure, like, what to think of this, so all of my friends shot back, and all of my family shot back, and they were like, Kirsten, you, there's no way in hell you have an eating disorder, like, they've been around me when I eat not only, like, healthy foods, but, like, non-healthy foods, and they've seen me eat, and I have no problem 
eating the quote-unquote bad foods or the treat foods and I have no problem eating healthy foods I have no problem like telling myself that's enough or no problem like going farther and eating a little bit more but not binging so um, that was a really nice like uh, reassurance I guess you could say from everyone around me to be like no that's not what you have like it's just um, it's more of a unawareness type thing and it's crazy because I knew this like I've heard of like gymnasts and you know other athletes not getting their period and it's just because they have low body fat levels and um, it's called the female triad syndrome and and I, I knew this, like I know of this, but I, I don't know, I guess I just, because I'm me, I thought I was invincible or something. But anyway, I digress. So anyway, the recovery process for HA is called going all in, which basically means not exercising and eating more. So not exercising means like eliminating all high intensity exercise, except for really light work like light yoga and walking so um that was kind of tough because I love the gym I you know like that's kind of my happy place so just like that bit of information was a little bit scary at first but I found that it was actually kind of easy to do um and then the second part of going all in is to feed your body and so the book requires that you eat a minimum of 2,500 calories a day. And so because I'm short, I kind of thought, oh, like I can probably get away with 2,200 or 2,300 calories per day um, and, and be fine. And I initially thought that I was going to reverse diet out, which is just slowly increase calories and slowly decrease exercise. But then I realized... That is what I had done for every single competition I have competed in. So after that, I would reverse diet out and increase calories and and decrease exercise again. And so I figured, well, if that didn't work the 11 times before (laughs) the 11 competitions I've done, then it probably won't work now. So I had to follow the book's approach, which was going all in and just stopping and eating, okay? And um, when I first told my friends and my family about it, they were like, well, why can't you just do this? Or why can't you just do that? And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to try to like skirt around the book here. I, I'm going to follow this process because it works. Because she's got hundreds and thousands of women who have re- successfully gained their, regained their cycle. I'm not going to try to reinvent the wheel here. Like I'm going to do this because I need help. And... So I did. Um, After I finished the book, I decided to go all in. And every single day of going all in felt like a week. It was a long process. However, I have to say that I'm probably one of the very, very, very lucky ones who have had HA um, because I ended up regaining my cycle within a month of going all in which I was not expecting when I first went all in I was like okay it's August I'm probably gonna have to stay out of the gym for like three or four months oh my god how much weight am I gonna gain like I was freaking out and um so I 
when I first got my period, it was like a little light spotting and I just broke down crying tears of joy. I was like, I cannot believe this worked. I cannot believe this is happening. I cannot believe like I it was just a really, really amazing moment because I was just so happy that it wasn't going to have to last forever. Like I felt like it was, um, so that month, that first month, I I did. I stopped going to the gym and I just ate whatever it was that I felt like eating. I stopped tracking my macros and my calories. Um, there was a few days that I was just really, really curious about like what it is or what how much it was that I was eating. And so there were a couple days that I just like kind of like randomly checked in to log all my foods. And I found that I was eating well over 3,000 calories. The thing was, like, as soon as I allowed myself to eat and eat foods that I wasn't used to eating, my hunger was through the roof. Like, I could eat and eat and eat and never really get full. And so it was just like, I was on fire. My metabolism was just like, give me more. (laughs) And so it was really, really easy for me to eat well over the 2,500 calories. And um, that did definitely scare me a little bit because I was like, well, if I'm eating this much, like I'm definitely going to be gaining weight really, 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 really fast. And I did. Um, So I, the last time I had weighed myself was actually before I went to the doctor and I was sitting around like 116 pounds. And then um, after that month of going all in, I and I got my period and I called my mom and I told her I got it back and she said, that's great. And then she also suggested that I weigh myself and check where it is that my body feels safe enough to produce a period. And I was really hesitant because I didn't want to see that number because I had already gained what felt like a lot of weight. So um, the next day I did step on the scale And the scale told me that I weighed 132 pounds, which means that I gained 16 pounds in less than four weeks, which means that I gained four pounds a week, which is really terrifying when you think about it. Um, And so that number was really devastating. And um, I tried not to think about it. Um, Also because I knew that... (laughs) I wasn't done yet. So in the book, it requires that you not only go all in for the time it takes for you to get your first cycle, but that you continue to go all in for three more cycles. So for three more months, I guess. So um, I did that. I continued to keep eating and not exercising for those three months. And let me tell you, that is where... I gained the most weight. That is where I had the most symptoms, I guess. Um, That is, that was really, I feel like the first month, as long as it felt and as much as I gained during those initial couple of weeks, um, weren't nearly as bad as the next three months. And so I want to talk a little bit about the symptoms that I experienced throughout those those months of HA recovery. So the first one was that I had a really, really itchy scalp. And I know that sounds really weird, but I was recording a video for my Instagram for like HA and I just couldn't stop scratching my head. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, 
I can't possibly have lice on top of having HA. Like, my world is crashing down, right? And so um, I started going through the No Period Now What Facebook group, which I highly recommend if you think you might have HA, go join that group because it's really, really helpful to have a community of women who are going through the same thing as you and you can ask questions in there or like look up um, things. So that's what I did. I hopped into that group and I started looking like itchy scalp or dry skin or whatever it was and I found a bunch of threads on that topic and it actually has something to do with the oils that your um, skin produces and the reintroduction or I guess not reintroduction because I was eating fats, but the increase of fats in your diet. So um, because I was eating more, I was eating more fats and that had something to do with the uh, chemical makeup of my scalp. I don't really know like the specifics of it, but it was a very common um, symptom or thing that happened as a result of um, HA recovery. So it was really nice to have that reassurance that that was what was going on and it wasn't something crazy like lice. <laughs> Not that lice is like awful, but you know what I mean. Like it's just, um, that would have been just like another thing on top of it all. But um, so that was a really, re really weird experience. Um, the itchiness kind of lasted for a month and then I just had a really, really dry scalp for a couple of months after that. And it's only just now recently kind of, begin to stabilize um, and it's now February so we're talking um, like October to February which is kind of a long time but in the grand scheme of things not bad at all. Um, the second symptom I want to talk about was probably the worst one which is um, swelling and edema. Um, so <laughs> let me backtrack a little bit. I, the day that I actually got my period, I had booked a call with, um, I'm forgetting her name now, but she's at damn the diets on Instagram. Um, she coaches women through this and eating disorders and HA and things like that. So I had booked a call with her like probably a week or so in advance. And I just wanted to kind of just touch base and talk to someone one-on-one -on -one who had HA. And, um, so I, I got my period. I get, I still decided to get on the call with her and I answered the call and I'm like, oh my God, you're never going to believe this, but I actually got my period today. So this is probably going to be the easiest call you've ever had because I'm so happy. <laughs> and she was like, oh my God, it's amazing. So, um, we talked and, um, it was on that call that I realized, um, that I had edema. So, we were talking about what we were, what I was feeling. And I was like, I don't know, like my body just feels really tight. Like my skin feels really tight. And if I touch it, like it feels very tender and sore. It almost feels like a bruise. And I feel that, um, in my arms and on my butt and on my hamstrings, like, um, and a little bit on my tummy, like, and I was just telling her where I felt it. And she's like, that's edema. And that's just, um, your body, is kind of just retaining the the water and retaining the nutrients and holding on to it because it's it's recovering and it's it's trying to repair everything and I was like oh well that makes sense and so after that call I think during the second and the third month of my recovery journey like it was the absolute worst like 
everywhere on my body felt like that. My skin felt really, really, really tight and stretched and very tender to the touch. Like if I touched the top of my leg or if I touched um, the back of my arm, it just hurt really bad. And um, I couldn't quite like get that into words and tell people what was going on because it was such a new feeling to me. It was really, really hard to explain. And um, so I specifically remember one moment and it almost kind of makes me tear up. So bear with me for a second. But um, I had gone home to visit my family and we went for a really, really long walk on the beach one day and um, I was really excited because I hadn't been exercising and I hadn't been going on like super long walks so so that long walk was like oh yes I get to actually do something right even though it was really really light and nothing you know like a walk to me an hour walk was was like a warm-up in the past that was absolutely nothing but for not doing anything for what felt like (laughs) years but was only a matter of like months that walk was really exciting to me so we go on this walk, I'm feeling really good, and then about like halfway through the the walk, I start realizing that my fingers are really, really tight, like, um, and my, my ankles and my feet, like all of that, they're starting to get really, really tight, and they tender to the touch, like the edema thing, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? So we keep going, and now we're like maybe 20 minutes back, 20 minutes away from, um, our, boat and I'm like I I I feel awful like my whole body hurts um I don't know if I can make it back like 20 minute walk and um I just I my family they were all having like a really really good time laughing like making jokes and I had my sunglasses on oh my god this is making me tear up really good (laughs) I had my sunglasses on and I was just like silently crying um through those sunglasses and (laughs) nobody noticed thank god but I'm sorry guys this is like really triggering (laughs) oh my god um but I was just really upset because I I thought that you know like I had reached a point where you know I got my cycle back and Things should be going better from here on out, but it felt like things were just getting worse. Like, I felt worse, and I didn't like that because I was supposed to feel better. But so when I got home, back to my family's house after that uh, beach walk, um, I absolutely unloaded on my mother, and I felt so bad, but I just, like... I was like, you have no idea what I've been through and and just like going off about all the symptoms and all the things that I was feeling and like I could still see her face and her reaction like her eyes were super wide like, oh my god, I'm so sorry this is happening but I had no idea. You guys, I'm so sorry. I'm gonna pause here and come back. Okay, wow, you guys, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, really just triggering moment, just feeling all the feelings that I had felt then. And um, anyway, so luckily enough, the next day, 
after that big episode of like blowing up at my mom and just being blown up in general feeling, um, I got my second period and I was like, well, okay, like at least that, you know, was worth it, (laughs) I guess. So, um, I got my second period and, um, was super stoked because that meant like there was only a couple more months of having, or maybe just one more month of having to be all in and then I could, you know, go back to the gym and, and start doing my thing again. And, um, so I guess it was around this time that my clothes just like really stopped fitting. (laughs) And so I didn't have much of a wardrobe anymore, which was really just disheartening because I had so many cute clothes, um, that I would do for photo shoots and stuff. And it was just kind of like a really big bummer, but at the same time, it meant that I could go shopping for new things. So that was kind of fun. Um, but on top of the clothes not fitting, something I didn't expect was that my shoes didn't fit. Um, so it was about October, November, which is, you know, kind of like you're getting to boot season and sweater, sweater, weather. Um, but so I was trying on all my boots and I realized that not only do they not fit on my calf, but they actually like don't fit my foot. Like they just feel really, really small, really, really tight. And, um, so that led me to start trying on my other shoes, like my heels and stuff. And I found that like my feet don't fit into a size six anymore. That is so weird. And so it, I moved up even a shoe size, which is just crazy. Um, but you know, I hear that's something that happens when you get pregnant too. So, um, maybe that's a thing. I don't really know. Um, right now there's still actually currently a seven. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know if they're ever going to go down or, or what's going on there. Um, but another symptom that I had throughout all of this is, um, kind of like a plantar fasciitis, which is kind of backwards when you think about it. Cause normally you get plantar fasciitis from over training, um, for over running, I guess, doing too much. Right. Um, but in this case, I think, um, what actually happened was that I stopped doing so much exercise that I was normally typically doing and my foot just like locked up and, um, wasn't used to kind of like that, all that motion and all that movement in my feet because I was resting so much. So I think it all just kind of locked up and tightened up. And so I kind of developed this pain in my arches and almost a little bit in my heel, but more so in my arches. Like my arches were just super, super achy. And, um, I have to say now that I'm recovered and now that I'm in the gym again, I've noticed that they are a lot better than they were. Um, but they're still, kind of achy, um, a little tender. So my advice to anyone who is going through HA recovery is to, um, stretch, um, not just your feet, but I think just overall in general, my joints and ligaments and tendons, like everything just seemed to tighten up because I stopped doing, um, activity really. And so I feel like all the nutrients and all the things that I was eating just kind of like, just went to those spots and just like, I don't know. Um, but everything got really, really tight. And I, when I did finally go back to the gym, I felt like an old woman. Like I couldn't move the way I was used to moving. I I wasn't as flexible. Um, what is strange though, is that I found that I had 
almost the same amount of strength as I had before I went all in. Um, like when I finally got back to the gym, I was like, oh, like I'm still able to do this much on bench and I'm still able to do this much on leg press and lat pull downs. Like I didn't lose my strength. That's really cool. What I did lose was my endurance and my stamina. I was out of breath really, really quickly. And then I also, like I said, lost that flexibility and just that, um, easiness to move. I just, everything felt like a lot slower and a lot more work to like go through the movement. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of like getting back to, into the gym. Getting back into the gym was really, really tough. I, um, once I got my third cycle, I was stoked. I was like, cool, like go back to the gym. And the first day back to the gym was absolutely awful. Um, I cried and I left <laughs> and that happened probably for two or three more weeks after that. Every single time I went to the gym, I went in there with like a brave face. I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to smash it. But then either someone would look at me the wrong way or I would catch a glimpse of my arm in the mirror or I wouldn't be able to do something as easy as before. And I just, it just brought on the tears. I was like, this just sucks. Um, I don't know who I am anymore. <laughs> like... I can't do these things and it was just really defeating and upsetting and so um, I actually kind of I like I went back to the gym um, not full force I was going about every other day maybe every two days or so uh, just depending on how I felt I was really going based on how I felt I didn't want to overstress my body again because I didn't want to have to go through that experience again so I um I slowly got back into it and yeah so I forgot where I was going with that <laughs> but that's okay um I actually realized that like at some point of me like trying to force myself to go to the gym every few days or so that I didn't I I wasn't ready to get back in it yet I think I still had a lot of mental work to do um, to get my mind strong enough to go in the gym. And so um, basically all of December, I, I feel like everyone was asking me, oh, when are we going to see you back in the gym? When are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? Like, are you training yet? Are you back at the gym yet? And all of these things. And I'm like, I felt bad about not being able to go back into the gym, even though I was cleared and ready to go. Um, but I just mentally, I wasn't there. And that made me feel bad too. Um, but starting in January, that's when I was finally like, okay, like I'm ready. I got this. I can do this. And so I went back to the gym and I actually started going to a new gym cause I moved to Vegas and I, it, it was really, I think really, really nice being in a new gym in a new environment where nobody knows me and nobody knows my history because I didn't feel like I was being judged at all. Um, I think because I was going to a small gym in a small town where everybody knew who I was, or for the most part, I don't want to sound cocky, but um, a lot of people knew who I was. And so when they saw me come in the gym, you know, 30 pounds heavier, they kind of had a lot of different looks and stares and whispers and like all of these things and do we say something do we not say something do I say something do I not say something like and just all of these things so that I think that on top of you know trying to get used to my body was just really hard for me to 
to cope with and that might have been the reason why it was so hard to get back in the gym. Now I have to say that I do have really supportive friends and there are quite a bit of people in my gym who are probably listening to this who I love who did support me Um, and so I want to like really thank them for that and know that you know it wasn't them it was a bunch of other people that I didn't know and I hate to be that person that like really cares about what other people think but at the same time like you know, I, the gym is my happy place and I was going in there feeling like it wasn't anymore, like I wasn't um, invited or like I wasn't um, welcome in a sense and it it just made me feel really bad. But being in a new gym, a new environment, new people, I feel much, much, much better. Um, but yeah, so that kind of like leads me into where I am now, which is I am recovered. I've had my cycle consistently since I regained it back. Um, it's been like off by a few days here and there, but really nothing crazy. I am starting to see different patterns in my moods and, um, in like TMI, but discharge, um, in my cycle itself. So, um, it's really, really cool to have that and be able to monitor it in such a way. Um, So from here on out, I'm going to be using my period as a barometer for my health, which basically means that if I don't get a cycle, then I need to scale back my training or eat a little bit more or rest a little bit more or whatever it may be to make sure that I do continue to keep getting a cycle because the very last thing I want to do is go through this all-in process a second time. Um, And believe it or not, that does happen to some women. So um, I'm really just, I want to maintain this and and stay healthy and happy and, and try to like actually kind of get my footing on this cycling stuff. Um, It's really interesting because I feel like I'm kind of going through puberty all over again (laughs) because I don't really have the best grip on my moods yet. Um, I'm still, I mean, it's been less than a year of me getting my cycle back. So, um, I'm still trying to kind of figure it out. Um, I'm getting a lot more hormonal acne than ever before, but it is very cyclic. So it's coming with my cycle, um, at certain times. It's not just all the time. It's, um, really cool to see the patterns of that happen as well. Um, not that I want the acne or like the acne or anything like that, but it's just kind of interesting to, to see the patterns. Um, and yeah, so I'm like just trying to figure out my body and figure out, uh, my moods and stuff. So it's been interesting and, um, I definitely <laughs> just feel different, um, going through this now as opposed to when I was, what, 13, 14 years old. Um, I have a very clear head and very good self-awareness about like what's going on so I'm not just raging at the world um it's definitely more internal than ever before but um yeah so it's really cool um also I do kind of want to just make this clear that the entire mission of me regaining my cycle was not because I was trying to get pregnant which I think is a huge motivating factor for most women who want to regain their cycle But for me, it was more of a health factor um, that I was motivated by. I found out that um, women who don't have their cycle, who should have their cycle, um, they 
are at a higher risk for things like osteoporosis and heart disease. And I, that just scared me. I was like, I don't want any of that. Um, like there's a reason I'm trying to be so healthy now when I'm young, because I don't want all of those problems later on. So if I can prevent those problems from happening, then I'm going to make sure that, you know, I fix whatever's wrong now. And that was like the biggest piece. And Also, because I am a health and wellness professional, I just felt like it would have been really, really super hypocritical of me to continue living a life where I wasn't 100% healthy um, because I wasn't giving myself enough rest or eating enough or whatever it was, um, a combination of the two, I guess. And I just, I felt all these feelings throughout the entire HA recovery journey, like that who am I to be teaching people how to eat and how to train? Um, Like all of these imposter-like syndrome feelings because I don't know, I just, I felt like I was losing myself and losing my identity and I didn't know how much longer my business would survive. I did definitely feel a little bit of a, a hit from, you know, voicing everything on social media and letting people know what's up as supportive supportive as everyone was I do know that you know potential clients were probably turned off by the whole thing I know I would have if I would have seen someone go through this I wouldn't be calling them up like hey coach me I would want to wait it out and see what happened um and I'm sure that's kind of what happened with um potential clients so um I did take a little bit of a hit but my business is coming back around And I also kind of came to this conclusion, like, or realization, I guess I should say that if I don't continue to coach, then what I'm doing is a disservice to the entire human population. Because knowing what I know now, like, I have so much more knowledge and insight about, you know, training and nutrition and and all of that now that I've gone through that experience on top of all of my other experiences. Like if I were to just stop coaching, then I would be keeping all that information as a secret and not helping anyone. So I need to continue to keep coaching and telling people about this and talking about my story and just sharing this and helping my clients prevent this from happening to them too. So that is really just the motivating factor that I had to, to, regain my cycle and to go all in with this process. Another thing I want to touch on is that I had a really, really supportive partner throughout all of this. Um, And looking back on the situation, I realized that if it wasn't for his support, I don't know if I would have fully been able to go through with the HA recovery process. I think had I been single, I might have been way too afraid to Um, go all in because I would have been afraid of gaining weight because I would have been afraid of not being able to attract a partner and I think just having him there having that security of being like okay he's going to love me regardless of if I gain a little bit of weight or not um, was just that reassurance that I needed to go forward and actually do this Um, and I like I said I'm just not sure like if I would have been single how that would have played a role and I think that the security and the the comfort and the safety is another piece of the puzzle that helped me get my cycle back so quickly. So I just wanted to throw that out there. 
But yeah, I think I'm going to wrap this episode up here. I know it was a long one and I really appreciate you guys for being here and listening to my story. And I'm sorry if you couldn't understand me when I was crying, but I'm not sorry for crying because those feelings were really, 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 really real. Um, (laughs) So yeah, thank you guys again for all your support and thank you guys for just being here and listening. And if you think that you might have HA or you think that you might know someone who has HA, I highly recommend the book No Period, Now What by Nicola Rinaldi. I got mine off Amazon. Um, it's a really, really good informative read and it also helps you just feel like you're connected and you're not alone. And I think that's so important throughout this recovery process because there were a lot of times that I did feel so alone, like no one really understood what I was going through. But having that support system of the Facebook group and other women who have gone through this before was just, you know, what I needed on those really, really hard days where it felt impossible to keep going. But um, I did and I thank everybody who was there for me along that journey. So thanks again for listening to this. Share this episode if you found it helpful. And until next time, you guys, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. If you enjoy this podcast or any of my fun-sized content, buy me a coffee and help me keep the content flowing. Just head on over to funsize.life podcast to become a supporter.